1: Money starts right now. Live from the Nasdaq market side, overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Pete Najarian, Tim Seymour, Steve Grosso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, a ton of after-hours news. FedEx and Oracle both reporting earnings moments ago. Those conference calls kicking off right now. We'll bring you the latest details. Plus, check out the other big after-hours mover, Starbucks, sinking as the coffee giant says moments ago. It is dialing back its growth prospects and closing more stores this year than expected. But Pete here says the name is a screaming buy. He will explain why. And we start with those trade wars in today's sell-off. Stocks getting slammed as the rhetoric with China hits a fever pitch with industrials and materials leading the way lower. The down now turning negative for the year. In fact, it uh, was so bad at one point we even reached back in time and whipped out Frankie goes to to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, bingo, bingo. Is that that the
0: one with the big T-shirts with the letters? Yes, Yes, exactly. Relax. We're moving on.
1: But as a trade war takes no market prisoners, we wanted to differentiate the individual stocks that should be selling off on fears of a trade war and which ones are being unfairly punished by investors on fears of a trade war. So we start here with Boeing down nearly 4%. And this is our game for tonight. Game right at the top. Trade war stock or not a trade war stock. Very straightforward, one would think. Tim, well, Boeing. Nothing straightforward on this desk, but
2: I can play this game not a trade war stock, and what? here's why. I think the mar- yeah, that's right. That's right. I think the market is unjustly punishing Boeing. If you look at what's going on, especially as it relates to China, uh, Boeing is mostly shipping 737s, and they're ultimately doing something that I, I think these are low-margin jets. If you look at if you wipe China deliveries completely off of Boeing, this is probably five dollars to the share price. Also, really, what are your choices? You're going to go with an Airbus, the Neo A320. First of all, they've had major problems with that deliveries there are probably seven or eight years behind. But you, behind. you say Get unjustly, unjustly I mean, though,
3: Tim. It's over 12% of their revenue is derived from China. So how can it be unjustly?
2: In 2017, they had a 300-plane contract for $37 billion. It's, it's about 9% of their of their order book right now. My understanding is, and again, this is listening to a couple of the top analysts on the street, Hunter K says, you take China out of the delivery, it's 5 bucks off the share price. Bottom line here is, Airlines are not purchased at whim. This is a long-cycle purchase item. I don't think China's in a position. Also, the, the deal that they have with Comac means a lot of the small-body airplanes are being made in China. And actually, I think that act, that is somewhat insulating for, for for Boeing here. Bottom line is, Boeing had a miraculous run on the way up. I think a lot of this is some air out of the sales. It's just based upon the share price.
1: So just to interpret, even though the market is beating this down as if it's the poster child of the trade war, you're saying it is not a trade it's war. It's not so a trade war stock. This isn't just- will justified. not be hit, even if there is a trade I don't know. Was I not clear? No, I mean, so you I, I, so because, I know you not know
2: to nervous about, about this game, you're but mean, <laughs> <either> I mean, I <laughs> <we> just <laughs> want to get you on record. Well. I, I would, would kind of there was a directions. calendar
0: of, like, if you did the calendar of trade war stocks, <laughs> right. following right, would right. be like Mr. January. That would the Caterpillar right behind. Look, I think you're wrong. And again,
2: I think if you look at what is the choice? Are they going to go into an Airbus plane that's not being built correctly? Do you think there's <laughs> any China-related stocks at all? Of course I do. Okay. Of course I do. In fact, I think you should probably talk just about one at Boeing. some point tonight.
0: Let's talk about another one. Let's talk about another one. I just did.
2: Boeing. Apple.
1: Trade war stock or not a trade war stock? Guy Europe.
0: Well, one would think the logical answer, it is a trade war stock. right? they got a significant percentage of their revenues. Most of their components are built there. So, you, oh, my God, Apple's going to get decimated. I would say, however, mm, not a trade war. Wow, another that's guy who doesn't get the game. Now, I, I, I think I'm playing the game right. I and think you, if you no, no, I you think are, I'm playing are. the game right. And if you look, and this is my, I think Tim Cook is, I think his relationship with China is such that they are not going to be harmed. I think they probably have some sort of handshake agreement with the Trump administration and probably the administration in China. Listen, don't come after us. If you want to do some ancillary stuff, that's fine. But my sense is this stock is not going to get hit if there's a full-blown trade war. If of, that was I, I want to clarify I, if, if, one thing. If, there is a full, I don't if it's, think it's a
4: full-blown well, trade war, though, because what and does that reason, it could well, be in here's crosshairs, what I mean by but that. I don't think there oh. will be. The growth that you're getting right now, and this will be, make you happy, Steve. Thank you. The growth that you're getting right now out of China and Japan, but China is what we're focusing on right now. The growth you're getting out of China right now is something we all lean on all the time. It is spectacular. 21% growth, right? I mean, that is something to look at and go, oh, my goodness, this is a huge number. So if, it's, if, if you're right and the handshake agreement is there, and I, I happen to agree with you, by the way, then I think you're right. I think this is not a trade war But that war doesn't issue. matter if
3: there's a handshake agreement. So, it matters if it's a trade war stock or not. And 20% of so answer is derived from China. It has to be a trade war so, stock. So, what, so what are you saying? It is
1: a trade war stock or it's I, not a trade war stock? I think it is
4: a trade – no, I think it's a trade war – I think it's a trade war stock. However, I do think so. But – that's as long as that handshake uh, agreement, part of that is so out it's of the not a, a, way, a trade war. Take a look, at, take yeah, a look so, at CNBC.com. So there it. was a great article today on <laughs> CNBC.com
2: about how the iPhone, iPhone components, basically $370 of a $1,000 iPhone, uh, are actually made from overseas. Right. And if you think that actually every one of those countries that's in line to get a piece of a component it, that's part of the, the, the iPhone you know, manufacturing process absolutely is a trade war stock. There's no question it's going right. to be impacted. I mean, that, so, that uh, to me uh, is... So is if trade war stock, then Boeing's a trade war stock. <laughs> You're right.
4: We're out of that. We already talked about Boeing. You <laughs> no, we didn't get that point <laughs> Boeing in before. Boeing is ancient Bottom history at this yeah, point. point. Now about? we're the the talking Apple. Just because I got gotcha. you. No, but you <laughs> use the same metrics. The <laughs> components,
1: matrix. the components issue, that's an interesting argument because they will probably have to pay tariffs on the components going into China, into those Foxconn factories in order to be assembled. But the bigger problem could be Korea and Taiwan. On. If the Chinese government actually hampers those iPhones from being delivered or manufactured right. in some way by hampers, the no, no, if and that plays right into you, big boy? And oh, so now he's the backtracking. <laughs> <The> guys, backtracking. <laughs> <I heard laughs> oh, the fall. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so it's if, a trade
4: war <laughs> stock is what trade you're it's saying. It's absolutely trade a trade war type. stock. Right. Plain as day.
3: I said the same. I'm moving on. Nike. Trade war stock. (laughs) Thank you, Grasso. Why trade war stock? Twelve percent of revenues. When you tick above ten percent, it's a trade war stock. I I, even where did that that come from? Revenues revenues. Okay. Revenue is coming out of China, 12%. And if you look at the performance, if you look at Under Armour, I know that we've had a rebound in Under Armour. Under Armour, not a trade war stock. Nike, a trade war stock.
2: We've had trade war chatter for four months, and Nike's basically right near all-time highs. How do you explain that? Does
3: it matter whether or not there's an impact of it it, the market tries to discount whatever they have. You're thinking two dominoes removed. That's why you don't get the game. I don't know. Boeing I mean. is a trade war stock. <laughs> I don't Apple's know a trade what war you're stock. even saying Nike right now. Is a trade. I, I, I know, and that's why you don't get the game. I would agree now with Steve, the though, because th-
4: again, similar to Apple, this is where the growth is for Nike. They're getting growth everywhere, you know, internationally. They're getting great growth. I don't great agree with that at all. seventeen percent of the growth. Yeah, but is, the recovery it, Nike
2: stock is North American delivery. No, it's not. That's what, no, no, no. Th- oh,
4: you didn't like on. Nike
2: because they were getting
4: weak in North America. The, the I mean, that's, that's of a the different North story. the North American
2: market, and I think the competitive landscape is such that they're taking market share back from Adidas. That's a more important dynamic to me in China. A
4: question.
1: under the Under what? I know. I, I this is a formality here. <laughs> under Very what circumstances are you actually concerned about the revenues from China? for a Nike? I mean, are you concerned? Is it a social... Boycott social media boycott sort of scenario? I think, see, yes, the goods. I think you're going to
3: see brands that are boycotted there. I think you'll see the McDonald's of the world. I think you'll see the Yums. I think you will see the Nikes. I think you will see the Apples. These are brands that will be you boycotted. Do you think Chinese people are going to stop
2: going to, the, to, to McDonald's? I think oh, 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 that brings wait, us wait, to our wait, next
1: stop. <laughs> wait wait a minute. Let me stop talking McDonald's about that McDonald's, trade war <laughs> stock, or like not on my stock.
4: <laughs> Pete. Yeah. Go ahead. McDonald's. Yes. Here's the biggest problem. Yes, trade war stock, and here's why. As much as everybody thinks this is an all-American company, it's really not. Only 35% of the revenue from McDonald's actually coming from North America. When you look at China and the rest of the globe, twice the revenue growth of what you're seeing going on right now here in the United States. Have you ever heard of the Big Mac Index, Mel? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh,
1: the, where, what a Big Mac costs around the world. What
2: a Big Mac costs around the world. By the yeah. way, a Big Mac already costs more in China than it does here on a relative basis. So guess what? People are already overpaying for McDonald's in, in in China. They are going out of their way to the Golden Arches because, in fact, it's an iconic global brand. They're not going to stop just because there's. They're going to pay McDonald's is more down 4 percent. You know, what's not a McDonald's trade war. McDonald's has stop. been on a record you know run. Not, not, a, not a trade war. Not a all-time stop. highs.
3: Domino's, Domino's Pizza, not not
5: a trade, a
0: trade, a trade war. How did Domino's get in this? I he just slipped it in. I <laughs> a much more important game, But is, I would say this is trying to make you guys it. understand the game. I'm going like to bring list, in someone who could really talk about has this has from the an expert re- perspective. best relationship in China. And I would suggest it's Apple, Apple. which is why Apple, in, when I answer the question, is nah. not a trade war stock. <laughs> Right? Didn't I not, say that? yeah the handshake. Not a
1: trade war. All right.
0: Confusing game.
1: <laughs> for, for you, it is.
0: <laughs> Waking up is confusing. War for me.
1: on what a trade war means for the market, let's bring in Bob Nardelli. He was a former Chrysler chairman and CEO, former Home Depot chairman and CEO, former GE Power Systems CEO, and former GE Transportation CEO. He's got a lot of former roles. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. So you have a great perspective on what these sorts of disputes could mean for all sorts of businesses. So where do you see the biggest impact, if at all?
6: Yeah. Well, I couldn't help but listening to—is this a discussion or a brawl here? I wasn't quite <laughs> sure, but I, I, I may not be invited back. But Tim, I'm, I'm with you. That's I mean, what I'm talking about, my we're, man. We're assuming that we already have a trade war, and I think that's where the market was today. It kind of was trading on rumors rather than, you know, than on fact. And and so I don't think Boeing's uh, a trade war stock. I think you know Jim McNerney, former GE guy, did a superb job positioning that. I think you know, for China, where are they going to go, Tim? You said at Airbus? I don't think so. Airbus is full up and they need aircraft to grow the economy. They put 60 billion, am I right, Right. back into the Chinese economy to make sure that they could stimulate it. And and I think what we're missing here is, you know, this this president's been in office now a year. You kind of see, you kind of can predict outrageous, you know, recommendations or take an outrageous position and then pull back. I, I saw this in space when we were at GE together. I mean, Jack would always set an outrageous goal, and of course he'd bring you to his side of the table, and he didn't get what he asked for, but he got more than you were gonna offer. Mm. And, and I think we're seeing a strategy here, and we're also seeing, you know, the old saying, we're seeing the sausage being made. The last administration, you didn't hear anything, you didn't see anything, so you didn't have the insight, you know, that we have through the benefit of, of everything being tweeted out. Uh, in the process, one time it's a rocket man. The next time it's, hey buddy. Hey, good to see. Yeah, you. yeah, good to see it. So, I I'm not as concerned about this. I think we overreacted. I think the the algorithms took charge. I don't think there was a lot of human intervention in in what happened today. We'll see tomorrow, right? We got a little pullback right. from the depths of 400. Uh, what are we in? About 280 or something. And 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 these are industrial stocks, so that's. They right. were going to get hit and the hardest.
1: Industrials as a sector yeah. down in correction uh, territory right now. What would you advise the president? I mean, having had a front row seat to the Jack Welp style of negotiation, which Donald Trump, you're saying, it seems to have adopted. Yes. At what point do you pull back and say, you know what, it's gone too far? Because the market is reacting pr- pretty dramatically when it comes to certain sectors and certain stocks.
6: I think, you know, again, uh the president's going to do what he's going to do. Sure. But I think... Uh, you know, he's a very reasonable individual, and he's going to set an outrageous expectation. He's going to pull him to his side of the table. And I think when he sees some movement in a positive direction, then he'll, he'll come back over to a more reasonable uh, uh, decision point.
0: So you two were football players out there. And you know, football, you got to study film because you're looking for the tendencies of the other team, right? And teams that do the same thing over and over again, sort of easy to study for. My point is... President Trump, I mean, this is his game plan, but he is, his tendencies are such that don't you think other people are on to him now at this point? You know, he puts his, the worst possible deal forward, then walks everything back. At a, at a certain point, might not work anymore. Are we at that point?
6: You just never know if he's going to walk it back or not. That's still to be determined. He has in several occasions, but he may not. He may elect not to when you look at, you know, he's always talked about fair trade. You were talking earlier today about the auto industry. I heard about the BMWs and and so forth. And you look at, you know, having been in the auto industry, I'm not sure we had fair trade. You know, when I was running GE Power Systems until we saw this administration help us on corporate tax, now we're getting a little better level playing field when I was having to compete against ABB, Siemens, and Alstrom, you know, what I was exporting versus what they were importing. So, you know, if you look at the recent CEO surveys, over, the, over half of them think the next 12 months is going to be better than the last 12. Over half of them think they're going to add more employees. Three-quarters of them said, hey, we are where we are because of corporate tax rollback, repatriation, and what we've seen in government regulations. All very, very positive. Now, the repatriation, I think we got mm-hmm. a good hit in the market from that. It's right. immediate. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen the full impact yet of the tax, of the ta- corporate tax cut. You know, we've only we're only into it for a quarter, almost two quarters now. Right, Steve. So I think we're going to continue to see that. I think, you know, earnings are very positive through through the first half of the year. And I think, you know, the market reacts more violently on a rumor mm-hmm. than they do on positive performance.
1: Right. Bob, it's always great speaking with you. Thank, Thank you for you. your time. Great to see you in person. Thank Bob you. Bob Nardelli. Handsome man. Among <laughs> other things, yeah. No, I'm just saying. I, mean, um, okay, I, so, I can't say so, that. I mean, it's true. Of course. You, well, you Stating just did. Fact. So let's say that the market is overreacting, and you have a not a trade war stock like a Boeing, although everybody seems to think it is a trade war <laughs> uh, stock. Bob is this, doesn't. Is this Bob agreed with Okay, it. right. But is this Takes the weakness three, don't that you not the game. are you willing to buy this weakness? Or do you say, you know what, the market, no matter what I believe, the market is perceiving this to be a trade war stock and is selling it. So I'm not going to touch it. it.
2: One of the things that concerns me is, you know, despite the negotiation stance maybe being just that, I I worry that this administration doesn't really understand the basics of trade finance, um, or at least understanding where the trade deficit actually, how it's measured and what it looks like. I also think that the global manufacturing chain is such now that I think we're in a different place than we were 20 years ago. So ultimately I think there's, there's a lot of, there are a number of products that really are truly globally created, and I think this brings in a lot more. Bottom line is, confidence is a leading indicator, and some of the confidence indicators we're hearing, whether it was the housing numbers yesterday about lumber prices,
4: steel companies, regional Fed surveys, people aren't happy. I think when it comes down to it, just to clarify the game in my mind, I did not think today's reaction was officially trade wars. Mm -hmm. If we get to the point of trade wars, then I do agree with you that Boeing's getting hit wrong because 95% of their income comes to the United States. I mean, those those are just the numbers. N- yes, right. they have revenue coming from China, but they don't make money off of the, the revenue That's right. that they're the doing. Lowest margin, right? Plans. So because of that, I'd agree. I'm just saying that there are names out there, and some of the right. names we were talking about on this desk, yeah. that absolutely have enough exposure to China that if there's a full-blown trade war, they deserve to be but sold right off. But right
1: now, they're weak, and what do you do with them? Are they buying opportunities? Yes,
4: absolutely, because I'm in the belief that President Trump is in the midst of this negotiation once again, and any kind of weakness I see in Nike or something like that, I'd be a buyer. All right,
1: coming up. If today's sell-off has you worried, there's one group of stocks that could be setting up to be the perfect hideout spot. And it's not technology. Plus, Tesla could be the next big target of the trade war. We'll tell you what the tariffs could mean for CEO Elon Musk and a soaring stock. And later, Starbucks getting slammed after the company dialed back its growth prospects. But Pete here says giddy up. He is buying the stock. What does he see that others don't? He'll break it down. You're watching Fast Money Live in New York City's Times Square. Much more Fast Money right after this. Breaking news on General Electric. Seema Modi's in the newsroom with the details. Seema.
7: Melissa, Dow Jones in says Walgreens Boots Alliance will replace General Electric in the Dow Jones Industrial Average.
1: It will be effective on June 26th. Major news, a big change in the Dow, adding Walgreens, which will replace General Electric. Of course, GE has been under immense pressure in 2018, down 26% and lower here in after-hours trade by 1%. Take a look at how Walgreens is trading right now. Last time I checked, Slightly higher on this news, this big move going into the Dow, replacing GE. Melissa, back to you. All right, Seema, thank you very much. Seema Modi in the newsroom. Pete Najarian, something tipped you off earlier today to something bad happening. Yeah, you know, it was
4: earlier in the day, too. It was 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, and and somebody was rolling out of a trade that was already successful. May 23rd, they bought 42,000 of the July 14 puts. Stock was trading about 1450, dollars something like that. They were just out of the money puts. Those were sold today for a double. They went, paid for, 54 sold them for $1.30, so a little bit more than double. Today, 85,000 of the July 12 puts bought. So really, really aggressive, 12 and a half puts. They're 32 cents. So that's big. I mean, when you start seeing those kind of numbers, Mel, it makes you wonder, and I've said this for a while, is it going to be a single digit stock? I don't know that it will. And sometimes coming out of the Dow eventually actually sort of is a boost for some yeah. of these different. But it's going to be an interesting thing to watch over the next couple of days because that put buying was absolutely massive today.
1: What happens? Gee, I mean, this is not the same sort of impact in terms of indexing um, that an s and p five hundred removal would be, which of course is not going to be. Mm-hmm. but are you concerned about here as a, sh- as well, a shareholder? Well, i tell you what, right?
2: I, I think the, the, the story now for GE revolves around what are they going to do with the div, and I think we're going to get some color. They, they did not rule out cutting the div altogether for 2019, and frankly, I think the market's going to reward them. People do not want to see an equity raise. I think the, the, the bottom line is the revaluation of assets, continuing to divest is very important, and I think some of these energy assets are actually getting upgraded in terms of their asset value, but the div's most important.
3: I'm still long it. I remain long it. It has been obviously trading poorly, but I think it's always in the name when you see a lot of these moves. So I think that this could be the reason why I was trading poorly. And to Pete's point, once this gets behind them, I do believe that the stock can move higher in the next couple of days.
1: This is a historic moment, though. 100% historic. This is an original Dow component, 110 years in the Dow. And Nick.
0: They had a – well, listen, I would imagine <coughs> that management saw it coming, but it's something that they didn't want to deal with. Obviously, You don't want to lose that. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to have on your mantle, and to take that away is significant. I don't think it means necessarily anything in terms of the business, to Tim's point, but it definitely has – you're going to be reading about this the, in the paper but I mean, tomorrow.
2: Think about uh, – you know, what's kind of crazy about this, this is still a $120 billion company, okay, folks? Yeah. And, and when you think about how these indices are constructed, right, a, a – a market cap weighted versus a price weighted. I mean, you know, you have to know what you own here. And S&P, which is market cap weighted to me, makes a lot more sense, especially we're talking about a company that it may have a $12 price on it, a handle on its stock, but it's a $120 billion company. And I think that's going to get lost here.
1: Yeah, one of the pressures and one of the factors certainly has is the preference by the committee that creates the the index to keep the the ratio of no more than 10 to 1, from the lowest uh, Dow component to the smallest Dow component. We saw Boeing's rise, and that's really throwing that ratio out of whack. So what had to go? The smallest Dow component, and that would be General Electric, by price, by share price.
0: Well, I mean, which is a math game, I think. It's been out of whack for a long time. It has been out of whack. But in terms of the stock, they just said, I think, on June 8th, dividend remains the same. So I think they've addressed the dividend for the short term, at least question is, at what, point, at what point does it flush itself out where people are going to get back in? And go, I go back to Cowan. Seven or eight months ago, they put like an $11.5 price target on it. And quite frankly, that's right in the crosshairs right now. I
4: think the time frame that it's going to take to get rid of the debt and be able to sell off the assets. You are talking about energy is actually starting to be a boon for them. It, gets, it just takes time. And I, I mean, I think that's the one thing. I mean, It's how patient do you want to be with this stock, the time frame that it's going to take. So that this debt ratio that they've got right now can be they loosened up. They've made progress,
3: though, Pete. I mean, it's not like they have. Made they've made some progress.
4: progress, but it's a massive. Oh, that's a I huge number still. I, I think, mean, it's. Go ahead.
2: No, you're right. I, I think it's all about transparency into, into essentially what kind of uh, loan provisions they have to continue to put up against GE Cap mm-hmm. and some of the healthcare business. So uh, you get more transparency into this company. The assets are there. There's there's a value for the assets. And if anything, I don't care about the earnings. I know the earnings are going to be a buck or. You know, plus or minus. I don't are you, think are you that's confident really the about price. the dividend? I, I, look, I, I think at this point the dividend needs to go in 2019. Yeah, the, 2018, it's intact. 2019, why, why, why labor over this? You already, it's already a big day in terms of the history of the company and the capital markets.
1: Who, who cares about As the As a dividend? shareholder, I'd be more concerned about the dividend being drastically cut or eliminated altogether because that eliminates GE from dividend funds. Right? There are certain mandates right, yeah, in terms of increasing yes. dividends or maintaining dividends but or But it also addresses their problems.
0: So, so I would submit that if AT&T cut... AT&T now is a fundamentally different company, right? I think they are, at least. Uh, why it's wouldn't a bond they, proxy. Why wouldn't they just cut their dividends? So, you know, we're a different company now, we're going in a different direction. That, would, to me, would be actually make the stock more attractive rather than less. I think the same thing with GE. Yeah, the knee jerk would be, oh my God. But you know what? They might be then saying... We realize what we have to deal with now. And that, you talk about transparency. That would be yeah. the ultimate form of transparency. We
1: want to uh, bring in Bob Nardelli. Remember, Whoa. he was just here on set with us. He's actually in a taxi cab, but we managed <laughs> to grab him on the phone. Um, Bob, an historic day for General Electric. What's your reaction here?
8: Yeah, well, it's just another bit of heartbreaking news for those of us that spent, you know, 30-some years there, right? Hello?
1: Hello, yes. We got you. Yeah.
8: Okay, I thought I dropped. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a bit of heartbreaking news. Uh, you know, it's been rumored for a while, so it's not surprising that uh, it got dropped. But it, I think it was the only one or one of only two original Dow-listed companies after 125 years. So it's a sad day, I think, for, for GE and all of us that worked there for you know, such a long time. I, I was listening to some of the comments. Uh, you know, I think John Plannery has his work cut out for him. He's been there a year now. And I think time is not a friend uh when you're dealing with the challenges that he's that he's facing. I hope uh I hope you're right that the dividend is solid for this year. I mean, if you read some of the analyst reports, uh you know, there's a point of view that that might have to be impacted again. And I think what the, you know, uh, let's let's face it, it was weighing the Dow down and you know, when you, people use that as a as a barometer for investment uh, I'm not surprised that uh, they decided to, you know, transition GE out, and I, I'm not aware who they put in there yet. But, uh, you know, maybe Tim's right; they'll put Boeing in, right? And uh, or it's already right. So I don't know who they'll put in there, but it's uh, it's a sad day for I think all of us at GE, and and again, not surprising uh, that they'll put somebody in there. That will boy that uh, the Dow index up a little bit.
1: Do you think that um, Boeing isn't there, Bob, by the way, and Walgreens Boots Alliance is actually going to replace General Electric in the index. But do you think that the worst is over for General Electric? Do you think the dividend is safe?
8: Well, I I don't think the worst is over. I mean, you know, John mentioned he's he's got $20 billion of assets that he has to monetize. And quite honestly, they've had a little bit of a slow start in doing that. You know, they they uh, they put the transportation deal together, but uh, that isn't realized until 2019, at least from a cash flow standpoint. You know, they've got uh, they've got uh, some of the portable power business on the line. They've I think they're in negotiations on the lighting business. Uh, So I just think they've got to, you know, move more quickly. I've said this several times already, uh, having lived through this at Chrysler you know, relative to cost out, uh, monetizing non-earning assets, uh, you know, uh, getting rid of some of the $20, 20 billion worth of assets that he's identified. Mm-hmm. If you look at inventory, you know, what are we doing to get the working capital in line with the revenue? I mean, if you just go down, you know, the income balance, the state, income statement balance, you'll you'll see a lot of opportunities that just need decisions.
1: Sure. Um, for investors, though, part of it is perception. Uh, and and getting kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average certainly doesn't um, probably enhance uh, the perception of General Electric. What do you think John Flannery needs to do in order to calm investors at this point? And we're seeing the stock tick lower by about 2% in the after hour session on this, when really GE as a company hasn't changed from – an hour ago versus now being kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but obviously this is partly perception. What needs to be said at this point? What do investors need to hear from your point? I think
8: they need, you know, again, we, we just talked on air about the perception of a of a uh, of a tariff war, uh, you know, with with China, and you know, my comment was, I think, you know, we're trading on we're trading on speculation here on rumors. I, I think for the average investor hearing that it was uh, transitioned out of the Dow, you know, they're going to they're react to that, uh, that something uh, must be worse than is what being publicized. I think he needs to come on, you know, he needs to get out there and, and be very positive about what he is going to do. You know, and, and Jack Welch always had a motto, you know, don't confuse hard work with success. Hmm. And, and it's not a matter of working harder, it's a matter of, of delivering performance if not in the bottom line, but at least that you're, you're monetizing assets and, and getting more free cash flow to cover, you know, a pension deficit, to be able to handle $4.2 billion of dividends, and, uh, you know, certainly don't put yourself further in the ditch with $130 billion, you know, in debt, uh, which is already on the book. So I, th- I just think there's a lot of specifics that right. John and the and team can do.
1: Uh, you mentioned Jack Welch. What do you think he would say about this? Well, I think I think
8: Jack is probably heartbroken about it uh, to find you know a company he he spent 20 years at as the CEO and and the culture that he developed and the performance and you know I mentioned Jim McNerney you look at Dave Cody I mean there's just been a tremendous amount of individuals that grew up under his tutelage that have gone on to successfully run companies and so I, I think he's probably very disappointed that. You know, that uh, post-Jack, the company started to, you know, somewhat of a downward spiral selling. We talked earlier about uh, selling NBC Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, NBC having record performance with the Olympics, with the election, with the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think uh, it's it's just disappointing to see that uh, they lost that momentum and that opportunity to drive earnings and to drive free cash
1: flow. Right. Bob, thanks so much for phoning in. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bob Nardelli, who's uh, spent a good portion of time this evening with us here. Um, Let's talk about that. You know, that's an interesting notion that Bob had brought up, that there were many, um, I don't want to say offspring, but sort of, um, not Tiger Cubs, but sort of the underlings of Jack Welch, who had gone on to run other companies very successfully, companies that did very well stock-wise for investors. And- Jeff Immelt was chosen instead, and we're here.
0: His coaching tree. In other yes. words, like Bill Parcells had a right. coaching, exactly. tree. coaching tree. Right, exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. Well, I
0: mean, it's interesting. So Bill Belichick, obviously, is one. I mean, we're now talking Football, but his exactly first wise. job was the Cleveland Browns, well, and he we're failed we're miserably. So, you know, Jeff Immelt walked into a very – I'm not an apologist for Jeff Immelt, and we can talk about G for the next four shows, but he probably walked into a more difficult situation than he realized, quite frankly. I don't think he made it any better. But things weren't all as great as probably appeared to be at GE for a long time. Prior to Mr. melt coming in,
2: well, I think there were there were major commitments and investments made in power and energy at, at a top of a cycle, and and you know they're not the first company to have done that. Um, the other thing I want to say is though, that we've had companies kicked out of the Dow before that have gone on to do great things in terms of their share price. I mean, look, look at look at Bank of America in 2013, Alcoa. I mean, these are companies that have you know essentially rocketed and are near all-time highs, if not at it. Um, we've also had companies that have been put in it that have kind of languished. So this is really about a market cap thing. I think you have to look at companies on the fundamentals. I don't I don't really care Care whether a company's in, in the Dow or not. And frankly, what we've also seen, back to our trade discussion, the industrials are underperforming right now, and there's a reason for it, and I think they may continue in the short term.
4: But you brought up the fundamentals, and that, that's what concerns me still, is I bring up the debt all the time, and, and, and Bob Nardelli just brought it up as well. I mean, it, that is a monstrous number. You're talking about $125 billion. Unfunded liabilities. And oftentimes, it, when it came to GE under Mr. Emmelt, who's a friend, uh, yep. know him, lived in my town, a great guy, yep. but reactive, not proactive. Always sort of chasing, and and you brought up the energy portion. That's the point I always look at. It's like, mm-hmm. you're chasing energy, and when you get energy, and it's 110 dollars oil, and then all of a sudden it slips down. I mean, there are multiple right. exis- uh, examples of but that. Right unfortunately, right
1: here, right now, down one point something percent after a yeah, whatever right percent decline, a 25 right. percent decline year to date. Yeah. it is not a buy for you because it is of a the buy. debt.
4: I own the puts, so you that tells put. you what so, i yeah, think. Okay. It,
3: it is a buy. And to, <laughs> <laughs> we, it is a buy. We It is a buy because this if, if you Google search GE coming out of the Dow, it goes back quite some time. So this has been
1: At least sort of January in the in, when of in that numbers. The yes, Dow.
3: it's been sort of in the numbers right now. And we've made this point already. If you buy the one that's going out and sell the one that's going in, you usually fare better than the knee-jerk reaction to do the opposite. But if there's
1: there's another shoe to drop, I would be worried about the dividend. That would have a bigger impact on the stock in terms of the impact of being pulled out of funds.
2: Yeah, but I I also just think that's going to be a relief. I think that's hanging over the stock right now. I also think that's transparency. That's going to be more insight into the balance sheet. And, you know, maybe not insight we want. Um, But I I, I think stocks that are owned just for the div and whether they sit in those types of mutual funds or index funds, uh, that's not a reason to
4: own it. I agree with you on that. I think it would be a short-term push on the stock. I mean, I think it pushes it down pretty strong. And then people come to their senses because fundamentally it's what had to be done. Let's
1: talk about the flip side of this. So GE is out. Walgreens Boots Alliance is in. If you had to, if you had to pick a stock to add to the Dow, would it be WAG?
0: Oh, I, I, actually, I,
1: WAG is the old ticker, WBA. WBA. I, had <laughs> I,
0: what should it have been? I, I, I don't know the answer. I mean, that's a question I was absolutely not prepared. I can't tell you what should have come in. I, it's pretty obvious why GE went out. I don't know how they come to the conclusion that Walgreens Boots Alliance Well, go yeah, right. All right,
2: so it's a $65 billion company that's been sideways over the last couple of years. And in fact, you know, I think it's, it's in a sector where people are still starting to question some of the existential issues of why you walk into a drugstore in the first place. So I don't think it's a great time to be fired up about this company. And I think at 15 times it's not
4: cheap.
1: Would you have said a fang stock?
4: I was leaning that way. Well, I was thinking it over as you, right? as you brought that out. I was actually debating on it. But wait,
1: wait, it for, wait if Peter were head of the committee. You know,
4: it's not going to be the Facebooks of, of the world. But, I mean, oh, I, think there, I think there are names in there. And it's probably not Netflix. I just look at those as, you know, they don't seem like they really feel like Dow stocks. But maybe Google. I mean, there's names in there that make you think, you know what, this name sounds like a great name.
1: Is Walgreens a buy? I
3: Does would say it's if, a if going on the premise that I just made. I would say it's a sell. So. Does it fit the Dow? Uh, I'm sure it fits the Dow, but the Dow right. is not something that I think it's antiquated to begin with. So, right. you know, people, professional traders watch the S&P and they watch the Russell. We don't look at the Dow as much and everyone on this desk probably gets that. Yeah.
1: Coming up, big changes for the Dow as we've just been talking about. GE getting the boot and Walgreens replacing it. We'll have more on this story and what it can mean for both stocks. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, First in Business Worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast.
4: OK! That's what pot stocks are doing today. And there's one name Potmaster Tim Seymour says, now could be the time to buy. He'll break it down. Plus, Starbucks shares are scolding investors after hours. But Pete says, Giddy up. Yeah, giddy up. And he'll tell you why he's buying the stock right now when Fast Money returns.
1: Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a news alert on Starbucks. The stock cooling off after hours. Let's get Kate Rogers in the newsroom with the details. Hi, Kate. Hi,
7: Melissa. That's right. Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson presenting at a conference this afternoon, and the company breaking quite a bit of news. First, lowering their guidance for the third quarter of 2018 to one percent from three percent globally. During the presentation, Johnson said shareholders quote deserve better and that he is determined to fix this. He talked a lot about growth at scale with. Uh, founder Howard Schultz, of course, stepping down as executive chairman next week. Starbucks also announced it will be closing 150 underperforming stores in its densely penetrated markets in 2019. This is up from a historical average of about 50 stores per year in the past. Beyond that, the company announced it would be slowing its licensed store growth. They'll also be hiring an outside consultant to focus on g efficiency and to help identify areas of opportunity for growth. They plan to return approximately $25 billion in cash to shareholders via buybacks and dividends through 2020. This is up $10 billion from their guidance in 2017. And here's what Johnson had to say about returning capital to shareholders back in April after earnings.
0: We're going to stay uh, focused on driving the growth agenda that we've outlined and at the same time returning more and more cash to shareholders in, in the form of dividends uh, and buybacks. And we think that formula is a good long-term formula for, for uh, shareholder value creation. And uh, we've demonstrated that over the the last three years, and I anticipate we're going to continue to focus on it from that perspective.
7: On top of all that, they also approved a dividend of $0.36 per share. As you can see, the stock is down under 2% now. Melissa, back over to you. All right. Thank you very much. Kate Rogers in the newsroom. Um, So is Starbucks a growth company
1: guy? No,
0: it's not. I don't think it is a growth company. Does the valuation reflect that? It trades at 20 times forward earnings. I mean, that to me is too expensive. I don't want to give away what my vote is going to be, but I think, <laughs> given the landscape that we find ourselves in, at 20 times forward earnings, given the earnings growth that they are themselves are talking about, the stock is too rich. Although, for Although, me. I mean, look at
2: the entire space. Look at fast food. Look at fast casual, but definitely fast food. I mean, what's what it's their peer group? Yeah, you know, these these multiples have gone up significantly in the last four or five years. McDonald's is more expensive than that, so um, I don't think it's a growth company here. It's but a growth company comp sales in China. But are their
1: higher than one percent? Yeah, they
2: absolutely are, yeah. and, and in fact. Their comp sales are five to six percent. Right. I think they're going to grow, you know, in that nature. And, and the, the big issue has actually been margins. But China, they're going to double their store count by 2020. Um, I think that's that's growth to me.
3: I think Dunkin' Donuts. If you compare apples to apples, that's the right comparison right there. So Dunkin' Donuts is up basically seven percent. Mm. The chart looks fully intact. Technically, it looks like it's breaking out. It hasn't been uh, brought down by all the other issues that surround Starbucks. And I think people are staying clear of the Starbucks trade for a host of reasons other than just this.
1: Well, the Starbucks news uh, says makes Pete like mm. the stock even more. So oh. Pete's gonna head over to the plasma for the fast pitch. Pete.
4: Well, and today, It's going to be Starbucks. And why is that? Because I do love the management team. And Howard Schultz, yes, he's stepping away. Kevin Johnson, outstanding. Mr. Ullman as well. I think these guys are exactly what Starbucks needs at this point in time to continue to go forward, already working on deals since being there. And I think when you really look at being in front of things right now, Mr. Johnson himself has done an absolutely fantastic job of being in front of some very, very difficult news stories that have happened over time. Excellent fundamentals of this company. Now, Guy mentions the fact that it trades at 20 times forward. 18 times, 20 times, somewhere in that range. But when you look at this pristine balance sheet, I think that makes you start to question whether or not maybe this company is doing things right. And the fact that the balance sheet looks so good. Take a look at what they're doing with their cash. They're giving it back to the shareholders in the form of dividends. It presently had a 2% dividend before the announcement just now. And the buybacks. These buybacks are just crazy. They've already shrunk the share count 7% 7% over the last five years, and that's going to really accelerate over the next couple of years. 18, 19, and 20, we're talking 20-plus billion dollars in buyback. So fundamentally, I like that side of the story. Now, we talked about growth a little bit. Last quarter, when you get to the earnings growth, wow, that earnings growth at 20-plus percent, pretty interesting. Revenue growth as well, 14%. That's pretty strong. So I really like what th- what's going on right now at Starbucks. I look at this company. I all that news. I think they're being very react- or proactive, not reactive. They are closing the stores they should be closing, and that's exactly the way they should be. 50 in the past, 150 this time. They're doing the right thing. I like this company a lot.
1: Time to vote. Hmm. Are you buying Pete's Pitch on Starbucks? Tim?
2: I'm buying Pete's Pitch. I own the stock. I think actually they're growing. I like the, actually the sale of their consumer product stuff to Nestle. I think it's a good thing. I like Starbucks. That's Pete's so. picture.
3: Seller of Starbucks, always a buyer of Pete. Seller of Starbucks. <laughs> Love you, Steve.
0: Coffee's too rich. I think valuation is too rich. I think it trades down to last year's 52 and a half, and then you
1: take wow, a look. Mm. Wow. Tough Pete,
4: times. I'm going to
1: ask you the question. Yeah. Do you think Starbucks is a growth stock? Yes, you still do have, have faith that even though it's going to have 1% comp store sales, that it's a growth stock. Yeah,
4: those comp store sales, that, that's a little bit of a that, – that obviously was an issue even last quarter. And then when they, when they reported, they just barely beat the analyst, which was very low. But that part's been a headache. But you know what, Mel? I think what they're doing is the right thing. They're closing the stores they need to. The ex- When you look at the growth outside of the United States, and I know Tim's looking exactly right at China and other areas, I think with the growth that we're seeing internationally is going to be huge for Starbucks.
1: All right. Well, we should that CNBC's David Faber will be sitting down with Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson in an exclusive interview tomorrow at 9 a.m. And you can, by the way, vote in our Twitter poll right now whether you're buying or selling Pete's pitch on Starbucks at CNBC Fast Money. Results. Later on in the show, and while you're online, you can head to charitybuzz.com. Listen up, guys, to bid on a chance to meet all of us here. That's right. In Times Square, we'll get uh, you'll get a one-of-a-kind glimpse at all the behind-the-scenes action, and maybe even a drink with Guy. What? If oh it, yes, that's it, right. If it makes you want to bid more. No, well, not have a drink. That's what we well, 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 have.
0: <laughs> you bid on this thing. Come to dinner. You got Fruity Pebbles Pete. You got Tim, Steve. We'll get Dan, Nathan, Karen, Brian, oh. Kelly. We'll get even Seabird 32. To go to dinner with you and your group. It's a lot of fun.
1: Bid on it. It is a lot of fun. We have a great time every single year. And it's for a fantastic cause. So please check it out. Uh, CharityBuzz.com. The bidding, by the way, is going to close in 15 minutes. Whoa. Whoa. Get on it. Get on it. And there's going to be
2: competition out there. So uh, go ahead and and bid. Much
1: more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money, the big story of the hour. General Electric getting booted from the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Walgreens replacing it. We've got a Kramer alert here. The madman himself, Jim Kramer, joining us now with his take. Well, Jim, what do you think?
9: Well, Melissa, I mean, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, obviously, you're really talking about an icon. And I think there are a lot of people who don't follow the stock market well who will be shocked at this. I mean, those who follow it well know that from 27 down to 13, it's been, uh, frankly, a... Uh, really a kind of a national corporate tragedy but i think the rest of the world's going to discover and say what happened to ge and the answer is it was very poorly managed and uh, as much as John Flannery is trying to turn it around, it's, it's more than a battleship. It's about 10 battleships, and there's just a lot of divisions that are leaky. I, I think that John's going to try to uh, fix things, and it's, it can be fixable. But I understand, that the, the, I understand the balance sheet not as great as I'd like it to be. And I also know that Steve Tusa from J.P. Morgan has been dead right the whole way, and he says the dividend has to be cut.
1: Um, We're at a 52-week low, or what would be an all-time low, basically, right now. Do you think that the worst is over? I mean, even though this is a battleship and there might still be problems to, to be dealt with, Jim, the stock could put in a bottom well before that, as we all know. We've seen that before. Um, do you think that, that we're close to it?
9: Yeah, I do, Melissa. I mean, I, I literally think that if oil, when oil and gas was going back up, I felt that there's a lot of optionality for Flannery. If it stays right here, there's still a lot of optionality for Flannery being the new, new CEO. The power division is the black hole, uh, long-term care. They tell me that they've got their arms around it. There are pension issues. Uh, do they need uh, to cut the dividend again? They have not said that that's necessary. Uh, however, there was a very convoluted conference call where it seemed like that maybe uh, it was on the table. Uh, but you know what? To go against Steve Tusa here is a dangerous thing. The man has been dead right. He's J.P. Morgan's guy. I am sure that J.P. Morgan recognizes this guy is very, very powerful. And until he goes from sell to hold, I am unwilling to call bottom of the stock. Yes, he is that good. And he was on to GE long before everybody. And I use that word deliberate, on to it, meaning there was a lot that need, that you needed to be on to and most people, including me. Yes. Including me. I believed. And that's why I was wrong.
1: So Walgreens Boots Alliance is going in the Dow to replace General Electric. Was that a surprise choice? No,
9: I, I think that they've been leaning towards healthcare, and they like these kind of you know. Look, they went they went with U. N. H., uh, which I think surprised a lot of people. There's a lot of healthcare in uh, in the Dow. I think that that's because it's a reflection of what's happened to the GDP growth, as uh, as we know from Warren Buffett, as we know from Bezos. I thought Amazon would have been a more likely one, as we know from Jamie Dimon. There's you know, the healthcare just takes up a huge amount of the GDP, so it fits to have a lot of healthcare. And I like a lot of things that Walgreens doing. I would have preferred CVS, but it's still in the arbitrage situation.
1: If uh, Mr. Kramer were head of the committee that chose the next component to be added to the Dow, would it have been a FANG stock?
9: Yes, definitely. I mean, look, the economy is Amazon. Be? To not have an Amazon, not have Amazon in there, I think is just a very big mistake. So that was a, was a natural.
1: Lost opportunity on their part, huh? Completely. All right, Jim. Well, thank you so it, Melissa, much. Yeah.
9: 4,000. You're the man, Jim. All right. right. 4,000 awesome. right here, right now.
1: 4,000 on Charity books. Okay, we're tough Thank on China, Jim. and
9: I got four Gs right here, right here. It's, it's You're the man, Jim. It's Jimmy. a great
1: cause. at Jim's a restaurant. Yeah. Yes, well, Barca Miguel. Why we got to go there. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. Thank Always you. great speaking <laughs> with you, Jim Kramer. And Jim will have much more on GE. And talk to the CEO of one under-the-radar energy company. He is calling a top play right now. That's at the top of the hour on Mad Money. All right. So so what do we think here, G.
4: GE. Yeah. I'm with Jim. I, I, I mean, I, it, he sounded fairly bearish. I mean, most everything that Jim was talking about when he was talking about GE. Amazon, I'm not so sure about in terms of the Dow, Dow stock or not. But, you know, he talked about poorly managed and some of the mistakes along the way, and that's what's really hurt him.
1: What do we have to do? What do we have to do and see? to hmm. be com- more confident we, in buying GE we need around here?
2: We need to know what the liabilities are. We need transparency into the balance sheet. You know, arguably, you know, John Flannery is doing what he has to do, you know, but this is a guy that also was part of the last regime. Um, I think at some point they need a clean slate over there, but the investors need transparency now. More asset sales,
3: right? So you you need to get those asset sales. You need to get a tailwind of asset sales behind you that he's really making these levels Mm -hmm. that he had once said a year ago or whatever the timeline was. He's got to start gaining some traction, gaining some momentum. The next couple of days are going to be rough for GE because everyone, to Jim's point, everyone who doesn't even watch the stock market on a daily basis knows that GE was part of the Dow. So I think it's going to be tough for the next couple of days. I'm staying long the stock. I do think you see a pop.
1: I mean, it's been in the Dow continuously for more than. a What is years. the Dow?
3: I hate to get all. Right.
1: That's true. So we've had that conversation. That's true. But to Main Street, the Dow is a stock market. Exactly. It so is. It is. Well, but it's, it's not so important. the balance. That's why we watch it. All right. By the way, we've got about seven minutes. Seven Ooh. minutes left to bid for your chance to win an opportunity to meet all of us here at the Nasdaq. So go to Charity Buzz right now, please. It's for a great cause. Much more fast in just a minute. We've got an earnings alert on Oracle sinking in the after hour session. Josh Lipton is standing by with the details. Hey, Josh.
5: Melissa, Oracle CEO Mark Heard talking about what investors care about the most, which is that cloud business, talking about some cloud wins in the quarter. Johnson & Johnson, Time Inc. said, General Dynamics. Take a listen. What do you tell analysts?
9: A lot of wins. And I'm, I have more, I just don't have time.
0: It was that sort of quarter for us.
5: So Mark, trying to set a confident tone there on the quarter. We should mention, Melissa, interestingly, they change how they report here a bit. So they used to break out this separate cloud revenue number now they take cloud services and they combine that with software support um, and one analyst was on the call here and asked listen are you by doing that here are you just trying to kind of hide some potential cloud business weakness CO software cat saying listen there is no hiding we're right where we said would be we would be at 1.7 billion strong cloud billing strong margins we have no bad news she said this is just a better way to understand the business she did though give some disappointing news here uh, at least on Q1 EPS she guided for 67 to 69 cents the street was at 7 Melissa, back to you.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Josh Lifton. Guy Dami, what's the trade here? Yeah, Salesforce
0: is the trade. I mean, you could say Oracle's interesting on valuation, but the guide wasn't good. And in my opinion, you just see the fact that Oracle continues to lose to Salesforce. Mark Curd could have spent as much time as he wanted to talk about all the wins if he had that many wins. Nobody had a stopwatch on him. So my point is this. (laughs) Salesforce wins. Oracle seems to be losing. At a certain point, though, Oracle becomes uh, compelling on valuation.
1: I know that we're talking about Oracle, but did you know that charity buzz, I mean, there's like 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 two minutes left to bid, it's the last chance out there. Um, by the way, this is so, trading at a
2: massive discount. Talk about like really intrinsic is. value. I mean, this thing has gone for 10 times this or I mean, more. I mean, so, dinner just with Tim is right $7,000. Right? So you're getting we'll all turn, of us in for we'll free. we are throwing in an after dinner drink right now, too. Well, well. Is this that? still Bar San Miguel, or
4: where are we going? Apertise. Well, no, Jim's Apertise.
0: out now. Jim's bid has Jim's been set We can, can still go to Jim's place. We can still go to Jim's place.
1: Sure, why not? We'd love to go there.
4: There it is. Chips and salt. Tequila Jim's place. If it
1: means a higher bid, we'll go to Jim's place. If it means a higher bid not to go to Jim's place, we won't go to Jim's place. We're very flexible. All we want to do is raise money for. A great cause here, great and you got about um, you know a minute and a half left. It is a great cause. It you and
0: three post. friends dinner with all of us. We did it last year. It was a lot of fun. Lot it of Went fun. for Tim just said it, it went for um, eleven times what it's yeah. being bid right now. Yeah, so but this, this is, is I guess this is the question you have to already. ask is
2: has Guy been devalued in the last couple of months? Maybe, because, maybe I mean, I really feel like this is a, a disappointing show. <laughs> right? Maybe he
1: right? next time <laughs> we'll do X guy. I tell you what dinner. I tell you what I tell you what getting guy
2: on the cheap is something I want to do. So you know I might have to step in. Different kind
1: of show here. Uh, Time for the final trade. One more minute to bid. One minute to bid. Pete, final trade.
4: You know, we're talking about all this cloud stuff. Microsoft, still my very favorite. Giddy up. This thing's going higher.
1: Less than a minute to bid. Tim.
4: Yeah, check out out the Twitter poll for Pete on Starbucks. I I think you're going to find
2: like he always does he wins either way this is a company that's winning I, I don't care if it's a growth or if it's a staple company bottom line is it's a well-run company with a great balance sheet and a dividend I'm in it I'm staying long
1: we got 30 seconds of bid guys Steve come on get it Manar, up there. are
3: unfairly punished in the marketplace yesterday based on a builder sentiment data point that was based on a wrong data point on lumber sales. Don't Lenore. let Guy
1: feel devalued. I already Put feel that bid in, put that bid in. I mean, Charity, buzz. Guy. Charity Buzz.
3: Charity Buzz.
2: We got, final got final how much time? 15, 15 seconds. 15. Count it down. Gitty. Distressed guy right now. I mean, All right. I yeah, I'm sure. Melissa
1: Lee. See you back here tomorrow at 5 more fast. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. You still got time. Go ahead. Charitybuzz.com.
2: Write that check.
3: What's on the horizon for financial markets?